welcome to 3D View. One conversation, three different perspectives. I'm Lamondre Pugh. I am David Perez. And I'm Richard Strikes. Thank you for joining us. Recently in October 12, we we saw a message from the Director General of the World Health Organization. He was saying something that, that really clicked with us. And that sparked this conversation that we're going to have today. He was saying, a lack of leadership from global powers has prolonged the coronavirus pandemic. And we all know that leadership has been a problem. I know that it has been in Latin America. It has been in the US. It has been in basically around the world. And doing some research about this topic, I found some staggering data. It, it happens that Gallup did a survey among different companies in 2016, and they found that only 16% of managers were had the skills to actually manage. That means that 82% of the people that were in positions of power didn't have the desirable skills to manage the people that they were trying to lead. So that means that what we're seeing now is just like the 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 illness coming in full form <laughs> something that has been brewing for a while is just something that we're realizing now that if you don't have leadership you really don't have a way to get out of a crisis because being a leader when everything's okay when everything's fine when you're doing great is very simple right it's it's really all about not messing things up and you could say that the fact that the stock markets were going up all of, of of Trump's term were basically because of that. Things were okay. Things were fine. But as soon as things got bad, you could see him scrambling, not knowing what to do, not knowing who to go to. And I can tell you that we saw that here in Costa Rica. We saw that here in Latin America. All of our governments were lost because they were not leading the country. They were just at the helm, but not actually piloting the ship. So that's the conversation that we want to have today. Your thoughts, guys? No, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. It seems like what has happened is that we were pretty much on autopilot for quite some time, and things just were kind of happening. And yes, we'd see, you know, uh, little bumps here and little spikes there. And people would say, oh, that's the Trump bump in terms of the economy or, or, or because things had not diminished to a point where the country uh, was in shambles or the world was in shambles for that matter. Um, people were thinking we, we're doing okay. We've got some excellent leaders, but then you quickly find that real leadership is tested in times of challenge, in times of adversity. And that's when the stuff that you're made of really comes up. So I think that this is a really appropriate conversation to have right now, particularly in the guise of, the, of, of a global perspective and, and what leadership really looks like uh, around the world. Richard? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I agree. Uh, you know, crisis always brings out um, the best and worst in an individual um, because the 
the armor that we put around ourselves uh, on a daily basis when we interact with people, both socially or through business or work, um, comes down that wears very thin all of a sudden in times of crisis. And and you know, as you said, one's true character comes out, and that scales, I think, at a micro level, at an individual, personal level, but also at a at a state level. Um, you know, when you think of countries, it's the same. It's the same thing. You ultimately see what's the true character and nature of that of that uh, uh, business or, or country um, in time in times of crisis. Not only just internally how they act and, and treat w- w- within their borders, but also how they treat their their allies as well. Um, and uh, and and so I, I think absolutely we've in certainly the past few years, we have seen global level crises at multiple levels, um, financial, um, we've seen war, we've seen, um, you know, now with the pandemic as well. Um, uh, we, we've, we've seen, emotional seen crisis. yeah, emotional crisis. And, and I think it's the culmination of all of these, any one of those, I think we would have been able to bear like we have, like you said, we, we, we I think we've been operating on on sort of autopilot but as a result of, of of these multiples all stacking up at an exponential level i think we're seeing um you know what what uh, the real metal of 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 individuals of of states uh, of of countries um and that's it, it shows that we don't have strong leadership that the individuals that we've put um uh, at least here in the U.S., where they're elected, um, uh, are not necessarily individuals who are best suited to be in, in leadership positions. Um, and and I think that goes to the issue, you know, how and why. That's because I think politics have become more of a marketing thing than actual ability. Um, and what ends up happening is we tend to elect people who. Um, who through whatever best marketing mechanism they've been able to leverage, um, convince people to put them into those offices as opposed to being valued or weighted by the public on their true um, record and their true uh, um, political political abilities or or leadership abilities. Right. I've always thought that actually government is a reflection of what's going on in society. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is a reflection, and in this side of the world, we, we know that companies are like our most elemental socioeconomic thing that we can compare to the government, right? Because people are elected depending on their, on their effectiveness, right? To perform different positions inside companies. And that's why I made in the introduction the parallel with governments and the leaders in companies not being prepared to actually lead. Because I think that the fact that we are electing people to government that are not prepared to actually lead people through a crisis or to lead them at all is because we, at some point during this last 10, 20 years, lost what it was to actually lead, what it meant to actually create change for a positive change for every individual in an organization. And I think that companies are proof of that. When you're only focused on profit, you're not thinking uh, about inclusion. It simply makes no sense to you. 
And you can get good results in profit, but inclusion simply doesn't matter to you. So there's a lot of people in your organization that are going to suffer as soon as something goes wrong. <laughs> and what happened with governments? They were doing the same thing. They were, there were a lot of people that were not as bad as they could have been if things were bad already. But as soon as things happened, again, <laughs> for lack of a better term, that's not something that you don't want to say in, in the radio. <laughs> you... <laughs> When, when things start going wrong, you can see who was, again, swimming without a swimsuit. So simply had nothing to stand on. And those people start, of course, asking for leadership. Who's going to take me out of this? Who's going who's gonna to lead me out of this desert that I'm in? Because I don't see the way. And then you turn to the organizations that were supposed to be created to do that. And you find them lacking in answers, in solutions, in ideas. So the, that's the main problem, that at some point we lost what a leader was. What do you think a leader should look like, Lamondre? Well, I have a definition um, that I like uh, about leadership because as many people as there are on the earth, there are different definitions as to what leadership is. But this one really resonates with me, and it's kind of a hybrid uh, definition in that um, some of it was influenced by uh, John Maxwell, who's a, you know, a really well-known leadership expert, um, and some other uh, leadership, uh, leadership experience and, um, and, and practitioners that I've been involved with. But the definition that I, I like uh, for what is leadership it is influence or a person's ability to influence with an intended outcome. Um, and honestly, that takes away the, that takes away the, 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 the moral compass in it. Um, because let's face it, you can lead someone in a very negative uh, way and, and have very negative outcomes, or you can lead someone uh, to very positive things. So now the question was, what do I look at, look for um, in a leader? Well, integrity is one of those things. Integrity is something that's really important to me. Someone, um, someone who will stand up, someone who will admit uh, wrong, someone who will really have the people that they're leading, that they will have their best interest uh, at heart. And a couple of things that were said earlier that, that stood out to me, you know, Richard said that, um, that politics really has become more of a marketing, uh, exercise than a governing exercise. And I believe that, and I believe what they've become effective at leading or influencing people is influencing, influencing them to vote on their behalf or influencing them not to vote at all. Either way, that gives, gets that individual to their intended outcome. And we can see that. We can see that what's happening with voter suppression. We can see that, and I'm talking about voter suppression around the world. Um, we can see that uh, in terms of people rallying up their bases and getting their bases all worked up, even though it is directly and knowingly dividing countries. 
And I'm not just talking about here in the U.S. because we saw the same thing happen in the U.K. We saw the same thing happen in many places around the world. So what we realized is that <clears throat> when you when you really when you really boil it down, that leadership really is about the ability to influence people to uh, an expected outcome. But then I think the other piece that's really important is that when things when things were well, we, you know, everybody's moving on. Oh, he or she's a great leader. Things are going good. But when things really got crazy, when things really went, went wild, uh, we started, as David said, seeing those leaders, who's going to save me? Who's going to save me in this situation? And what that told me is that leadership has very little to do with position. That is not about the title. That is not about the, um, it's not about what ranking you have. In, in the organization, but it really is about who is going to follow you and what is your expected end? What is your expected outcome? So that was kind of a long answer, but David, that's my answer. <laughs> it is a great answer. <laughs> Richard, I really want to hear what you have to say about this. Well, you know, leadership, I, I would agree that uh, um, trustworthiness, integrity is really um high on the list in regard to what a uh, what I would anticipate a a leader a good leader um, to possess and and that is something that we certainly integrity is something we haven't seen in politicians uh, um, regardless of of their uh, of their party um, in a, in a long time it seems um, and and again not only just here in the US but I think across um, across the world in, in, in many countries, I, I think the populations would say similar things if they're allowed to. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's, that's a big problem because if you have leadership without integrity or, or empathy, um, how can there be good governance? Um, you know, you you can't have it. It's true that there are oftentimes very difficult, especially when you're a, a, a leader of, of a large country or many, many peoples, that there are sometimes very hard decisions that have to be made that aren't necessarily um, equal for all, um, because that's, that's part of making very, very tough decisions. Um, uh, for for strategic and long term and sustainable reasons. Um, so but but that's 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 what makes a good leader is to not letting those points in time happen with uh, very often that those types of decisions don't have to be made right if they're caught early enough to prevent uh, a situation from getting to that point but but nonetheless um you know it's it's that that's what you would expect to find in a in a good leader is is someone who um Knows and understands the people that are they're governing um, or or um, responsible for. Um, knows how to leverage the the talents and skill sets and, and the specialties of the individuals that are under them to the to um, to best to the best ability of of the greater whole of all people. Um, and that is something that we just don't see. We see too much specialization and too much favoring for individuals who. Um, who aren't necessarily serving the best interest of the groups as a whole, but rather the personal um, 
interests or gains of a few individuals at top. Um, and again, this is something that we've seen here in the States that that goes beyond just the past certainly four or five years, but is something that we've seen systemically gain foothold for the past 25 years in our politics here in the US and something that has run rampant across um, many other countries around the world for, for you know, decades. Um, um, and, and so, again, sort of a long-winded answer to your, but anyway, that's what I certainly look for in a, uh, in a, in a good uh, leader. And that, again, we're, we're relating everything back to a political or governance, but, but this is, it doesn't matter. Uh, a, pres- a president or a, or a leader of a, of a major corporation or a small business, it's the same. Uh, the, the, the process, the, the decision-making process is the same. Yeah, absolutely. The decision-making process is the same wherever you are in society. That's why we say that the study of politics is the study of power relationships wherever you see them in society. You can see them in your house or you can see them in government. One interesting thing that I saw that both of you said that, that you would see in a good leader is, is integrity. <laughs> And basically seeing that person looking to do good for everyone more than, than themselves. The problem here is I think that the reason that we have so many governments in such a bad position in, in this crisis is because as Richard said, it became more about marketing, right? But the rise of, of, of that scenario where marketing could sway an election and sway voters came about because of a tendency To, towards populism. Populism is, is it's a political movement that's supposed to care for the, the ordinary people, right? That's where it comes from, the name. Mm-hmm. But what has been done is trying to get those ordinary people, the people that were not being heard usually, trying to get them angry about something. Angry enough that they will do anything to get you in office. And once you're in office, you only care about yourself. So it's populism without integrity. It's capitalism without integrity. It's leading a business without integrity. Whenever you do something like that, you are putting yourself in a position where you're not going to be able to do one of the key things that I think a leader needs to be able to do. And that's control chaos. Whenever chaos happens, a leader needs to be able to sit down aside from chaos, analyze the possible solutions and come up with the best plan to get out of this. And I know that when you don't have integrity, you do not know how to do that because you don't really understand the people that you fooled into getting you the position, whatever it may be. So when do you think in history, and this is a complicated question, I don't know if you guys are going to have any sort of answer, but when do you think that that change happened? When did we stop electing people that were capable and integral and honest and started electing people that were not? I, you know, uh, I, yeah, I, you know, for me, uh, it's, it's very clear. It's when, um, it's when our media and our news shifted from being um, about reporting truth to reporting opinions um, based on on marketing dollars. So when 
when it was realized that they could get more revenue from marketing dollars from advertisers by catering the news or bending the news in a particular way that catered to a particular portion of the population that benefited the um, the the uh, advertisers. Um, that's when we started seeing opinion flow more and more and more into the news to generate larger, broader audiences that satisfied the marketing um, end games of of uh, of of the. Uh, of the advertisers for a, for a particular station or a particular broadcast. As a result of that, the, the, the point about that is that, that spilled over into what got airtime and what didn't get airtime. And as a result, what politicians and what voices suddenly were in front, were on in front of the cameras more often, therefore creating that, that whole populist uh, uh, ideal that you were just talking about. Um, and, and then suddenly it became obvious that the people that had more airtime in front of the cameras actually ended up getting reelected more often. And then and then that's when it then it was you know game over in regard to responsible politicians and now just marketing personalities um, in in regard to getting my next my next uh, um, uh, my next four years or or my next uh, um, uh, seat as governor or mayor and what have you and and it just and sort of went on there. So what period of time did all that happen? I I'm, I want to say somewhere probably around around the the fifties and sixties um, when um, when we started losing um, our ability to actually broadcast news as just matter of fact items as opposed to opinion um, opinions and reflections of of things that were happening um, and. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think by the time we were in the in the late '60s, we were already full on into into electing um, officials that were um, that had mar- uh, um, marketing analysts that part on, on their payroll to uh, to drive their election campaigns. That's that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, just on observations, right. I, I have a, a, a slightly different view of that because I think I would ask the question, so when will we start electing people and allowing our, um, looking for people with with true integrity? Um, and I'm not saying that there are not uh, politicians and, and, and government workers and even business Absolutely. people who don't walk in integrity. I'm not saying that at all. There are right. a few. There are mm-hmm. a few. There are few um, and far between, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, but there are a few. But mm-hmm. I, I will say that we really haven't. Um, and the reason that I say that, first of all, chattel slavery was really a thing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and this was sanctioned by the government for a while there. Yeah. Um, before that, the, the the U.S. Constitution did not see people who look like me as people. So it worked for them, but it wasn't really working for people who look like me. So integrity then would say that no, people are people. A human is a human. But when you're looking at, when you're looking only at self-preservation and furtherance of self, then there is a superiority that comes into play. Then there is, oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean those people, or I don't mean those that property over there. I mean me. And, and here's the thing. It goes back beyond the foundation of the Americas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, it, right. you know, so um, I, I think it is I think it is a condition of humankind. I do. And I think that a part of a part of our journey is to write that a part of our a part of our our, our, our experience uh, in this world is to is to correct that is to really dig and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? It, it, it has to be something more than just about me. And I think that that is the exercise. That is the, that, that is the experiment. That's why we're here. And that's what we are, are working through. So I, I, I kind of see it from a different perspective. It just so happens that chattel slavery is probably the best example that I can come up with to represent. I don't think we have. Because even the people that we say, like the founders of our country, George Washington owned slaves. You know, Thomas yeah. Jefferson, even though they even though they tried to romanticize the story, no, he was he, he was having sex with a child. So let's be clear on 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 our founding fathers and and the people who established this and these were men of integrity yeah who owned slaves and were pedophiles and all those kinds of things now here's the complexity of the human experience as well did great things happen as a result of their actions absolutely absolutely they did real quick kind of how i look at it it's almost like and this is something that I heard D.O. Hughley say. It's almost like the very same reason that I can still stand and sing the Star Spangled Banner, even though the third verse of that song talks about killing slaves. But that's still the song of this country. And so we just never get to the second and third verse. But do I stand for the ideals that the country was based on, even though those ideals were written without including me? Absolutely, I stand for them. But I also stand yeah. for being transparent about the realities of them as well. And, well. and I think that's very important, what you're saying, Amandre, because there's, as you said, it is human nature to elect people that basically represent the majority or the people that have the most power at that time. It has always happened, and it's probably going to continue to happen. Because that's that's who we are as a human race. We we know that we created democracy, trying to find a solution to that, and it didn't work out. It hasn't worked out, not for everyone. And but but the, there's a tendency in human nature to also always think that past times were better than what we have now, and, and that's absolutely not true. <laughs> We know that things are better now than they were in the 60s, in the 50s, in the 30s. In things get better for humanity. And as things get better for humanity, we know that there's a big, big, big potential in education to actually create change from the roots <laughs> to basically change people before they are able to make decisions to help them make the best decisions that they can. I think that the only solution that we have to that human nature problem is educating people on why you should elect someone that's going to do the hard things 
instead of only tell you the nice things that you want to have? You know, um, it's certainly, um, Addressing this from the human nature, uh, leadership in human nature is something that goes back, of course, to the dawn of time. Um, and and one of the fascinating things about that is if um, if one studies uh, uh, ancient history um, and Rome and the uh, the um, the meeting uh, minutes, if you will, of the Roman senates, which are all absolutely recorded and and uh, available for well if you can find them um but they're they're all there there is you know hundreds of years worth of of senate hearings um from the roman empire where um where the issues that we're going through um have all been gone through again as as the roman empire went through its rise and fall and we're somewhere along that curve right we're we're uh, because there's an inevitability of that um and so you know d democracy is a is a continuous evolving um uh thought ideal uh and even though we like to think that we are the epitome of it, I think that we are just along that's, that, that, that gradient scale of democracy as it's evolved. Um, and it behooves us, as, as David, you said, um, education and awareness about what, what has happened in the past looking at the parallels, because again, we're not going through anything new or unique um, that, you know, centuries uh, ago, uh, uh, peoples and governments have had to go through the same sorts of things. Um, and, and human nature, oddly enough, is the common thread between all of that, is that we tend to act exactly the same way. Um, and we have much more modern tools. And I think the speed to which uh, we're able to accomplish things is at a faster rate only because of the technologies and the, and the, and the modern tech, uh, um, um, telecommunications we have and so forth. So at a global scale, things happen much more instantly than they did back in those days. But the issues and challenges held by the leaders are, are really identical. Um, and, and being students of that and going back, I mean, I, I think it should be paramount that all of our senators and legislators go through and, and study um, uh, some of those uh, Senate hearings at, uh, going back to the Roman Empire um, and, and analyze and look and see, because we are, we are the human animal, we are the human species, and we behave exactly the same way as we did a thousand years ago. <laughs> Nothing has changed because we're a hardware. You know, David, like you said, we're sort of hardwired that way. Um, leaders will, 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 we will be attracted by a certain type of leader. Um, we will, and we will fall victims to certain type of leaders. Uh, and and it, it, it's up to us to have the wherewithal to be able to identify that early enough before it becomes a problem to us, the people. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I remember thinking um, when I was when I was younger, I remember thinking, how could a Hitler come to power? How could these tyrants? Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in the 20th century, how could how could that happen in the 20th century? But what has happened in the last few years? I see exactly how it could happen. Fear division, um, a sense censorship. that someone is taking something from you, censorship, absolutely. Uh, demonizing 
um, demonizing the outlets where people get most of their information from, uh, which, you know, before were considered extremely credible. Uh, but, but now I see exactly how that, how that could come about. And I could see how it can happen over and over again now. Um, you know, because it's, it's really scary to think about what we're really capable of um, in many instances. But it's also extremely uplifting to think about what we're capable of, you know, that, that we can do better, that we must do better. In fact, I believe that we are doing better and we will do better. I just believe that some of the things that we're dealing with now are necessary in order for us to really take a look at who we are, to really understand that, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, it is so easy for us to get caught up into this, this thing of I'm exceptional or I'm special and those people over there are trying to take something from me. When you really boil down to it, you realize that we're actually all the same and that we want the same things. You know, We may have different ideas of how we get there, but we really are striving for, by and large, we're striving for the same things. And so while I believe there is a, there has been a great void of leadership that has really been highlighted over this past year, especially, the truth is I also believe that there has been a great door opened for people to step forward. And it has nothing to do, again, with titles, it has nothing to do with position. It really has nothing to do with charisma or any of those attributes either. But it has everything to do with I can influence people in a positive way to a positive outcome. And I believe that, 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 that those people are standing up. And I believe that uh, I still believe in us. I'm going to say it again. I believe in us. <laughs> and, and it is... It is something good to to always believe in the power of humans to to do the right thing. I think we we all know that there's that drop of good in every single human being, even though they might not appear as such when they have power. And there's always that that old adage that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I do think that there needs to be a way to find balance and that the corruption that power brings comes as Lamandro was saying from the fear of losing power. Mm -hmm. Yep. And whoever you are in society, you have probably more power than someone else just because of your race, your gender, your abilities, something, something puts you on top of someone else in the political scale. And you don't want to be moved from there because you fear losing that power. This brings me to one of the things that I want to say closing this, this episode of 3D View. And that's, it comes from a book called Conversations with God. I don't agree with everything that's said in that book. But one thing is that it says that every bad feeling that you have, every evil thing that happens in your brain comes from fear and the opposite of that feeling is love and when when jesus was asked what is the more the most important law 
His answer was simple. Love God above all else and love your neighbor as you would love yourself. And if we all start working from that essence, I don't care if you're Christian or not, the essence of thinking first of everyone else and how what you're doing is going to affect them, I think that's the way that we can build a new generation of actual, integral, honest leaders that are going to take us to the next level of whatever democracy or whatever new political system that we create. But it needs to come from love. It can't come from the place of fear that we all are at some point in our lives. That's beautiful, man. Great well, way to end it. Yep. No, <laughs> it's it a great, great way to, to end the episode. Thanks for listening again. And see you in the next one. Thanks for joining us this week on 3D View. Make sure to visit our website, ruglobal.com slash 3D View. That's ruhglobal.com slash 3D where you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts or join our YouTube channel so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we appreciate it if you would leave a like or comment or simply tell a friend about the show. That would really help us a lot too. If you would like to join our conversations, you can join our Facebook community, 3D View, 3 Perspectives, 1 Conversation.